A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, president at Skybox Financial Group, based out of the greater Cleveland area, also an office in Bradenton, Florida. You can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. We're going to tap into that 20-plus years of experience in the financial planning world with Scott on today's show. Before we get to all the nitty and gritty of the program today, though, Scott, good to be with you, my friend. What's going on in your world? Yeah, you too, Walter. Well, you know what? It's uh, September and everybody's uh, back to school and, and my older girls now, well, one of them is working as a nurse and the other nice. one's in grad school and then my other daughter went back and then my youngest is back. So we're kind of getting back in that normal routine now. We're getting back in the groove. L- L- lacrosse still in the picture or is that on, on break at the moment? No, no, we've got uh, we've got clinics that we do on the weekends on it, Sundays. It's never on break, right? No, no. And then and my youngest daughter's doing travel, and then my other daughter, Lauren, that's still in in college, she has play days. So uh, we'll have those on weekends too. So it's uh, September's actually a pretty busy lacrosse month, and mm-hmm. October too. Uh, then it's a November, great time of year December. to be outside playing too, you know. Yeah, it falls great. I mean, it's much better than February when the normal season is, and we're freezing our behinds right, off. Right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love I love fall ball. I mean, none of the games count, and it's you know, it's just uh, fun stuff. But certainly, certainly enjoy it. Fantastic. Well, yeah, it's a great time of year for sure, and we're going to be uh, answering one of our listener questions on today's show from a, uh, to give you a little preview, from a very, very conservative investor. Uh, that's going to be Doris, and so we've got a really good question from her that we're going to tackle later on in the program. We're going to talk about food stuff in our Getting to Know You segment on today's show. But to kick things off today and to dive into our main topic, you know, with it being uh, our September, one of our September podcasts, this is the height of hurricane season. Now, it had has been pretty quiet, Scott, up until our recording today. I'm starting to see some indications that maybe hurricane season will actually pick up. Maybe by the release of this podcast, things will have picked up a little bit, and there may be even a storm we're talking about. And certainly to the folks that meet with you in the Bradenton office, they're all familiar with keeping an eye on the tropics and hurricane season. Uh, mm-hmm. So in honor of that, we're going to talk a little bit about what hurricanes teach us about retirement planning. Uh, the uh, weather enthusiast and retirement planning worlds colliding on today's show. As a weather geek, Scott, uh, I'm really excited about today's topic. So I hope you are as well. Well, you, we might run across a, f- a few cumulus clouds today. There you go. I like it. How do you nice. like that? That was a great, great drop. Yeah, maybe yes. we'll be able to have even more analogies than we were planning on today if you uh, <laughs> if you participate that uh, that much in this. Uh, so it seems like even if you probably you know live in Ohio or anywhere in the country, I mean, each fall when there is a big hurricane, it dominates the news. Obviously, right? The Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're throwing that on the background. You're getting reports of developing hurricanes every year. It seems like all the news channels are redoing their graphics to teach us refreshers on how hurricanes work and their different impacts and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to take this opportunity to learn what we can about retirement planning from a discussion about hurricanes. I think this is going to be kind of fun. So let's dive into it. 
All right, so there's this thing in the uh, in the weather world, in the hurricane study world, called the eyewall replacement cycle. So we know that the strongest winds in a hurricane are the winds closest to the center, and they make up the eyewall of the storm. Mm-hmm. But during the life cycle of a hurricane, those inner winds can sometimes weaken. They get replaced by bands from the outer part of the storm, and it makes the eye of the storm grow bigger, and then they kind mm-hmm. of re-strengthen from there. Um, so it's kind of like this process of the hurricane shedding some dead weight, allowing it to become more intense, powerful, and larger as it replaces that eye wall. It's pretty cool to see uh, if you kind of nerd out and get really into weather stuff and hurricanes and that sort of thing. Right. So what, what would be like the financial equivalent of maybe the eye wall replacement cycle? So Walter, I think the perfect analogy for this is that when you're accumulating and you're investing and you're trying to grow your assets, you are focusing on certain types of investments, which are growth assets. You may have a lot of stocks and you're trying to get as much growth as you can. But when you get closer to retirement, you need to start shedding some of those investments. And what I mean by that is you need to then look at switching your investment style and your approach to start generating income, protect a little principal, get some cash set aside, things like that. So as if you if you picture your retirement just like the hurricane, as you get closer to land, just like closer to retirement, you have to start shedding off some of those layers and then focus more on the core in order to to have your investment set up so it's going to um you'll be appropriate for your retirement. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, shedding the dead weight in any form of uh, our, our lives is not a bad idea, right, Scott? <laughs> it's true. I've got a lot of dead weight. <laughs> we all need to shed a little bit here and there. That's for sure. All right. So that's the eyewall replacement cycle and its equivalent in the financial world. Easy to see that point, And that's a good one to get us started with. All right. The next one is power outages. Oh, this is the worst. Well, I mean, there's lots of bad parts about hurricanes, I guess. But this one is the uh, the most impactful, supposedly, I, or at least I would imagine. Anytime you face that big potential storm, you could be without power for a long time. So we got to make sure we're prepared for that, Scott. You know, I've purchased in the past. Uh, obviously, I lived at the coast with my parents. Mm-hmm. They've got a hurricane, uh, you know, evacuation plan. Uh, we still lived in an area that could be impacted by hurricanes for many years. So we even had like a little bit of a, a kit and a preparation for when those hurricanes would hit. And we'd have flashlights, batteries. We even had, the, you know, a small pack, uh, like a battery pack that was an emergency thing that you could always plug in a couple of items into and get a couple of hours of light or fan usage or something like that out of it. Right. Um, we've been through the routine where you might, uh, you know, get a cooler, put some ice in it, get some of your refrigerated food or frozen goods in there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe make sure you've got fresh gas so you can cook food on the grill. All yeah. those kinds of things. So power outages are bad. We got a plan for them because uh, it gets things get rough when you're without power for a couple of days. I know you, you know that from like snowstorms and ice storms and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we and we've got a not as extensive of a plan or, or a little kit, but we've got a kit too. We got a flashlight and some food and stuff like that in there, you know, because you never know. I just you know, you, you dread the refrigerator and freezer going down, right? That's, that, that can long. be a lot of money that you lose when, you know, if, if you're down for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so what's the financial equivalent of a, of a power outage? Well, so I think a power outage, you can kind of equate that to the fact that when you retire, your paycheck stop, almost kind of like a power outage. So you need to have a plan for when you get to 
that point where that power outage happens and you retire and your regular biweekly paychecks stop or weekly paychecks. And what I mean by that is you need to have a plan then to replace that income. You need to be prepared ahead of time. You don't want to wait till you get to retirement, just like a power outage. All of a sudden the lights are out and you're scrambling around looking for batteries for your flashlight. If you prepare ahead of time and you have everything set up for when you get to that point, it's going to make you feel confident. You're going to feel safer, just like in a hurricane, and you're going to feel more secure. So having that plan set up to generate that income and then even looking at other things down the road too, like for instance, you know, planning for a nursing home, to have a plan in place for that because you're going to be in the middle of a power outage and something's going to happen where maybe you might need a facility or your spouse may. So having that plan in place is very similar to, to, to a power outage so that you, you have that confidence and that security to make sure that you've got everything wrapped up before it happens. Mm, that's a great point, and that is why it's so important to have those plans in place. Something we talk about, of course, each week here on the show, but always good to have those reminders. And, yeah, we don't want to uh, have any power outages impact our finances, uh, just like in a big storm. Uh, it, it's The potential is there, and we got to be prepared for it and uh, know how to get around it. All right, last but not least, at least one more here, a uh, comparison between hurricanes, weather stuff, and uh, retirement planning. Those computer models and meteorologists, you know, when it comes to predicting the movement of hurricanes, there are several different computer models that people like to use. Some would even tell you that the computer models make human meteorologists almost obsolete. It's kind of funny when you watch the meteorologist and they kind of start using those models a little bit more. And they're like, okay, let's take a look and see what this model is telling us. And they kind of base their forecasts off of that a little bit. I know, kind of interesting to see how they leverage technology without leaning on it too much and to watch that dance. Is that happening in the financial world too? Well, yeah, it's exactly the same, Walter, because the, the reality is, is that the computer and the models are just tools. You can't really replace the individual. And I think that comes with you know, wisdom and experience over the years. Because in the financial planning world, we use computer models all the time, whether it be for investment projections or economic modeling or social security modeling or whatever the case may be. But the reality is that we use that as just a tool. And then we take the information from that, interpret it, and then put our experience into it to come up with what the final determination is. So just like a meteorologist, they're going to show these models, all these cool graphs. But for instance, the meteorologist would say, boy, I've seen this happen before. I've seen where this cold front is pushing this way and this warm front is pushing this way. And the models always say this, but 50% of the time this happens too. So then he can say, well, this is what the models say, but I've seen from past experience that this happens instead. So we might want to prepare for both those. And it's the same thing with financial planning. And the, the models may say this, but it was said, boy, you know, I've been through this before. I've been through 2008. I've been through the tech bubble. I've been doing this for a long time. And this is how things react differently. Or I think the good financial advisor, just like the good meteorologist, will use that as a tool and then add his wisdom and experience or hers on top of that in order to make that final determination. 
kind of interesting. You know, you talk about predictions and models, and they don't necessarily mean the same thing. But, you know, this was predicted to be one of the most active hurricane seasons ever. All the models, all of the predictions, all of the Mm -hmm. signs pointed that way. And we've basically set a record so far at the time of this recording for inactivity. Uh, in the hurricane season, like for the lowest amount of of activity and storms through this time of year compared to all previous years. I mean, this is one of the lowest levels of activity on record. So the complete opposite of what all the predictions were. So it's kind of like, man, yeah, we can't rely on the robots to know everything, right, Scott? That's right. That's right. Just like you think about in baseball now, they're talking about replacing the uh, home plate ump for calling balls and strikes and using the computer model that we see all the time when we're watching the game, you know? So is that always going to be accurate? Well, probably not. Just like the ump is not always accurate. So it's kind of a similar thing. You can't completely replace those individuals because there's no area for interpretation and there's no way to, I guess, plan for things that are the unexpected. Mm. So it's a great point. All the way across the board, good points on this one. That was fun, Scott. Thanks for for having a good time with that, comparing the the weather world and hurricanes and retirement planning. Hopefully no major hurricanes impact people negatively this year. Uh, But if you do, hey, you have some weather education from today's show as well as uh, some financial tips as well. Uh, If you've got questions about your financial plan, about your retirement, I invite you to schedule a free consult with Scott and the team at Skybox Financial Group. You can do that from your computer or smartphone by going to talktoscott.com. It's that easy. Talktoscott.com. You can uh, book a time to meet there very easily. Uh, We'll also put a link to that in the description of today's show. Or you can call 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. It's getting to know you time. Well, that means it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And so, Scott, my question for you is definitely going to be food-related today. And I'm curious, what weird food combinations do you enjoy? Walter, have we ever done a podcast where food doesn't come into play somewhere in the podcast? It would be interesting to go back and audit all of our <laughs> previous shows to see if there was ever one that didn't have food mentioned. I, I just we love eating, so we you know we we mentioned that's that. It's going to slide its way in there at some point. That's right. <laughs> and weird food combination. I don't know if they're actually weird, but they are combinations. I do. Uh, I'm sure some people think they're weird. But I've got actually a bunch of them. I, one of the things I do is every time I have an apple pie, I put it in a bowl instead of a plate and put a little bit of milk in there. Ooh, I like your style, my friend. That right. sounds incredible. And I do that with strawberry shortcake, too. Put a little bit of milk. That way, that, that sponge cake or angel food cake yeah. or whatever it is gets all kind of mushy and soggy. And I, I like it. Not a bunch. I don't drown it. Just a little bit in there. Uh, I do tartar sauce with my fries. Maybe that's weird. I don't know. No, I think that's pretty good. Like when you get fish and chips, then you're dipping the fries in the tartar sauce. Exactly. I'll I'll go to a place, get a, get a burger and I'll ask for a side of tartar sauce, burger and fries. I'll ask for a side of tartar sauce. Oh, so you'll even do it outside of the fish and chips realm. Okay. I would say that qualifies as a little weird. Sure. And you know, unlike my wife who, when she puts food on her plate, Everything needs to be separated. She can't have 
the meat touching the potatoes, or she needs them separate. She needs to, she'll actually go to lengths to create another plate where she'll just put something on there. Oh, Me, wow. I put okay. it all on one plate and I don't really care if it all kind of mixes together because I'm mixing, you know, I'm mixing my mashed potatoes and corn and, and yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I don't know if any of those I, combinations I only dislike, are weird. I only dislike the food touching thing if it's like, you know, the gravy from something is seeping underneath or the liquid of something is going to seep underneath something and kind of ruin its taste or make it soggy or, you know, something like that. But like, yeah, I get that. You know, if food's touching, I'm all on that. Cause I'm, I'm with you like corn and mashed potatoes mixed together is a fantastic combo. Oh, it is. And, and like one of my favorite meals is probably meatloaf, mashed potatoes and corn. And man, I mix all three of those things together. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I have yeah. one bite with the meatloaf, the mashed potato, and the corn, and that's you're kind of just creating your own shepherd's pie at that point, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, great food combination talk on the show today. Definitely the weird one. I think that the audience would probably consider would be the milk in the in the, in the bowl with the pie. Yeah, I've done that with probably. cake for sure. I don't know if I've done that with pie, but I need to. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why haven't I tried that? Sounds What's even better is I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll warm the pie up, and then you put a little bit of the milk on the bottom, and the milk will warm up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Warm apple pie with the milk is really the best. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I mean, milk with any dessert to me is just a great combo. And when you mix them together, man, fantastic. I'll well, often do that with ice it. cream, which is basically like a weird milkshake. I'll pour milk over the ice cream, and it creates this like little icy film on top of the ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the milk down on the bottom, so you can get a little. And then by the time you get to the end of the ice cream, you have this like very milkshaky tasting milk at the bottom. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I used to like my ice cream melting, and then I would just scoop spoon out the melted ice cream. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, let's go get some ice cream after the show. How's that sound? <laughs> I'm on it. Or pie and milk or something along those lines. I love it. <laughs> Good food combinations. There you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better. You either have gained respect for us both or lost it completely in this segment today, <laughs> <laughs> knowing our weird weird food combination habits. But uh, love it. All right, more coming up on the show. In fact, we're going to answer one of your questions to cap things off next. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So you can submit questions to be featured on a future show if you go to skyboxfinancialgroup.com and contact us through the website and uh, just put mailbag in your email and we'll feature it on a future program. This one comes to us from Doris and Doris is saying, I'm a very, very conservative investor and I have about 80% of my 401k in a money market fund. I know that's probably not the best idea, but I'm just afraid of making the wrong choice at the wrong time if I take too much risk. How badly am I hurting myself with this approach? Well, Doris, that you know, it's a, it's actually quite common for people to be conservative, afraid to make a mistake, and they don't want to lose their hard-earned money that they've spent their whole life accumulating. Doris, I have a, some questions though, because your question is a little vague. I'm not sure how old you are, uh, or or you know anything else about your situation. But as a general rule, there are some different alternatives. If you're younger, you're going to definitely don't want to have 80% of your money in the money market. Even if you just went with some a lifestyle fund or a target date fund that would be near the date that you're going to retire and put that money in there because those funds get more conservative as you get closer to retirement. So for instance, if you're going to retire in 10 years and, and you pick a 2032 
retirement date fund or a 2030 retirement date fund, then those investments are set up and professionally managed then to target your retirement date. So that may be an alternative if you want to, if you're afraid of making mistakes, but you, you and I both know, Doris, that you need to make sure you grow that money because inflation is high right now and you can't be getting one or 2% on your money market inside your 401k when inflation's at eight and the cost of everything's going up 8%, you're just losing money. So you need to get that money growing and maybe that target date might be an approach for you. If you're closer to retirement, if you're over 59 and a half and you, work, you can always work with an advisor and do what they call an in-service rollover where you can move that money out of that 401k plan into an IRA and then have a, an advisor work with you and help you to professionally manage that portfolio to get the investments that are going to suit your needs. So if, if you have any questions or you want to you know, run by this a little bit more, Doris, just, just give us a call, shoot me an email. I'll be more than you know, happy or schedule a 15-minute phone call on the website and uh, you know, we'll be more than happy to help you out. Again, great question, Doris. Thanks for that. And if you have a question similar to Doris, you can reach out and ask that to Scott. Maybe schedule a time to meet to go through a full planning process and get your worry-free retirement blueprint. 888-742-0111 is the number to call. That's 888-742-0111. Or you can go to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet from your computer or smartphone. And we'll put the links and contact information in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. Well, we were foodies, we were weather nerds, we were all sorts of good stuff on today's show, Scott. So appreciate your help and guidance. And uh, this was a fun one. And we'll have another good episode on tap later this month. Yeah, you know, I always thought the hardest part about being a weatherman, standing in front of that green screen and pointing at the right spot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It take, <laughs> takes a little bit of a skill because you're like having to look at the camera, but also looking off to the side to see where in the world you're actually pointing. Right, and you're not pointing at the wrong city. Yeah, and you can never yeah. wear green because you would look invisible. On Makes for a boring St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, weathermen, I guess, can never really participate in St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> funny. All right, man. I appreciate your help. We'll talk to you soon. And everybody else, thanks for joining us on the Retirement Toolbox. We'll talk to you next time. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.